series now, I'm a Christian. Um, this is week number 11. And uh, this morning, I'm a Christian, and how do I remain strong? Uh, you know, people look at us sometimes and they think we're, they think I am immune to hardships and uh, heartache and, and situations. Uh, like I said, I was a germaphobe long before this started, and I, I don't have one. I've got two things of uh, hand sanitizer sitting there in case one doesn't work. You know, I, I have a backup. Uh, uh, I just, when I went through cancer a few years ago, I thought, you know, I can't get sick on top of this. And, uh, and so, and I was bad before that, and then it just got worse. And so, you know, believe you me, I understand uh, to some extent, what many of you are going through. So, uh, and and yet, like I said, I'm so done with it. When we decided to go on vacation back in June, I told Linda, I said, "We're going to live our life and trust God to protect me and take care of this situation. And if He wants me to die with COVID, you can't threaten me with heaven." And that's just that's just what I decided a long, long time ago. And uh, so. Um, I'm not going to be a COVID police either for the state or federal or local health department. <laughs> uh, where was I? I'm lost as Hogan's goat this morning. Oh, how to remain strong. <laughs> Focus, yeah. <laughs> I don't have ADD, but I think I do sometimes, you know, it. Uh, I believe one of our greatest needs uh, over the past five or six months is how to remain strong. Um, Today, there are just a lot of things that distract us in our Christian walk. And we have all these different technologies and and you see all this do-it-yourself, so to speak. And Michael you know, made a statement that I've taken from him and run with it. Uh, everybody's an expert because we've never been here before and nobody, you know, ha- can say, well, this is, this is the way it needs to be done because we don't have anything that, that is foolproof. And the control, Blake and I was just, uh, Blair and I was just talking, the control factor of all of this and the enemy, what he has used to put that on the church is, is unbelievable. Uh, I have a, a man that I respect so much, uh, Jack Trebert, known him for 40 years. He pastors a large church in California. Last Sunday morning, they put a cease and desist uh, notification on his front doors and fined him $10,000 because they had two services last week. So it, it's, it's, I, I'm, not, I'm not speaking about something that I don't know is real. Um, the, the, the control aspect of what and, and it's all right for them to go to Walmart and Home Depot and and you know I just it's it's the enemy uh, working against the church and so strength can during these times is very important to us as Christians and and we can become discouraged we can become uh, disheartened we can be overrun by anxiety uh, you can be overrun by anger. You know, I sometimes want to get my AR-15 out and stand on a street corner somewhere like the guy did in St. Louis. Just, 
you know, that you can be overrun by a whole lot of, of just anger and hatred and bitterness and, and not really understand. But I do, be, I, I do believe we can stay strong during this and keep our testimony. Uh, I do not believe for, for one second that the mission of the church has changed in the last six months. Not one second do I believe. Uh, if anything, its mission and its vision uh, should have intensified, if, if anything. Uh, as many uh, that believe in Jesus is coming soon, and there are so many that we know are not ready. And so our mission should have intensified if this is, in, in fact, the last days. Uh, I was reading this week in, in the book of Nehemiah, and, and I, I use a verse there for the text, but the message is going to come from 1 John. But if you read the book of Nehemiah, God's people in Nehemiah's day was in a whole lot worse shape than what we are today. Um, the, their conditions were twice. They had actually been taken captive and moved from Jerusalem to Iraq, to Persia, uh, and Babylon, and, and taken captive, and held in a foreign land, and their home in Israel, and Jerusalem, had been utterly destroyed and was in ruins. Uh, if, if you read through the book of Nehemiah, four of their leaders, up-and-coming leaders, if, if was, was during that time, Daniel... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, had been taken away. And we know some of their stories and, and their captivity. And undoubtedly, the people of Israel were just destroyed during that time. Well, we're not near that bad yet, folks. It, 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 it's not good in the U.S. of A. right now, but it's not near as bad as what we made it. A handful has made it look like it's as bad as what it is. And, and so, I want you to listen to this one verse that Nehemiah, in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, and listen to, you know, to, to just what he says. He says, Then he said to them, Go your way and eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send the portions to those whom nothing is prepared. In other words, still be generous and live your life. That'd be good advice to us. Uh, for this day is holy to our Lord, and do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You need to take that verse to heart. I need to take that verse to heart. The joy of the Lord is our strength during times like these. And uh, I ask you today, is the joy of the Lord your strength? Is the joy of the Lord your strength? If we are not careful, the noise, I call it white noise, you know, uh, the noise around us can drown out the joy of the Lord. You better turn Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, and even Fox News off if you're being overrun and the joy of the Lord is being taken away 
by the noise that's around you during these times. Um, I, I started to have Sarah, or I can't tell who's up there. They wear these masks, you can't tell who anybody. I had somebody talking to me the other day, and, and I didn't have a clue who they were. And they pulled their mask. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> but I started to have them just turn up a song right now and drown me out, because that's what happens if you're listening to all the noise that's around us and taking place in our country, it'll drown out the joy of the Lord and you'll lose your strength. You'll lose your sanity if you're not careful. You'll you'll put your salvation aside for a little while and, and lose your testimony if you're not careful in some of the stuff that, that you'll say and think and do during times like these. And so the joy of the Lord is your strength and you can't let the noise around us as to what is happening drown out. Now I'm going to switch gears and go to 1 John, but every person that I ever lead to Christ, uh, there's many of you sitting here this morning in this congregation that I personally came to you in the home or in hospital or somewhere and they could testify to this, but every person that I lead to Christ, now we give them one of these red books. Um, make Dan earn his money and follow me across the room. Living in Christ, it's written by the Billy Graham Association. I think Franklin wrote this himself, or Billy did one. And it has the book of John in it. And I tell them, this is the place you... If you're a new Christian in this room, you don't have one, see Mike, one of us afterwards, or just walk up there and get you one out of there. It's one of the best little books ever for a new Christian right there. Living in Christ. But I tell everyone to go start reading the book of John. And everybody that I... I witness to and that that trust Christ as their Savior, I take them to the book of 1 John and I tell the new Christian that why? Why why do you do that? Because uh, undoubtedly I want them to get the assurance of their salvation. To know for sure that if you die, because so many people doubt their salvation. They don't have assurance. Well, I prayed a prayer. I trusted Christ. I asked Christ to come into my heart. I asked for forgiveness. I did all the things that I've been told to do. I went to the altar and accepted Jesus. Whatever your experience was, alongside the road, I stopped in my car. I have folks that's called us that said, we watched you on Facebook Sunday morning. And I, I stopped my car alongside the road and asked Christ to come into my heart. You never know through that little idiot box that there that we hold in our hand what God can do and how people can trust Christ all over the world and all over you heard Jeannie all these foreign I get I get stuff from people every every month probably not every week but from foreign countries saying we seen you on Facebook and I I, I you know just on and on but I tell them you go to read a Bible somewhere, and start in the book of John. And then I take them to 1 John. And because it's being a Christian is not easy, you've got to stay strong. And a new Christian especially, because the, what I have found is the first thing Satan does is come and tell them that it's not that easy. 
It's bigger than that. I got old Christians that'll come and tell them it's not that easy. You can't get saved by trusting Christ that way. Well, that's a hogwash. It's just not true. Because everybody gets saved the same way. Through the cross, I accept what you've done, your death, burial, and resurrection, and I'm going to ask, whosoever shall call. It is as easy as a prayer, because that's what the Bible says. Call upon the name of the Lord with earnest, and trust Christ as your Savior. That's what it said. I didn't say that. Paul said it in the book of Romans, for whosoever shall call. But the point of that all is, that they explain away the enemy and, and even old Christians want to explain away the simplicity of the gospel when it simply says, call upon the name of the Lord, now shalt be saved. But we as Christians need to every now and then revisit our starting place. And... First John, we are given four reasons that John penned the book of First John. Now, I, I believe in verbal plenary inspiration, and, and believe you me, I know it's a God-breathed book, and, and John was just doing what the Holy Spirit said. But listen to what he says, the, the reasons why he says what he says. First, he tells us to be happy. First John 1, 4. He said, and these things write I unto you. He's telling you specifically why he wrote this book. He said, these things I write unto you, what? That your joy may be full. We're to be happy. We're to be happy through COVID. We're to be happy through racial... Not we're happy about what's going on. We're to be happy through what's going on because our faith and trust is in Jesus Christ and He's still in control. He's not some senile old coot that's lost control of this universe. He knows what's going on. He has a purpose that He'll use. And it, uh, if you're breathing, you still have a purpose. And... and and he, he's in control. But he says, these things I write unto you. He said, I, and, and, and if you look at a little bit before that, he said, I have seen and heard these things from Christ. He said, and I write them unto you that your joy may be full. Do you suppose him and Nehemiah had the same Holy Spirit talking to them? <laughs> your joy may be full. You know... God wants us as Christians to be happy. He wants us as Christians to be joyous. He wants us as Christians to be contented. A lot of our upheaval is because we're not contented. Contentment with godliness is what? What's the Bible say? Great gain. Sometimes we're just not content. We're not peaceful. We're, we're, we're people of unrest. We are not always supposed to be up in arms about something that's going on around us or fretting or unsatisfied with where we are. And the song that, that Gina sings, I am only satisfied. I'm only satisfied what? In Jesus. That's just the bottom line of it all. We should not be worrying 
We should not be discouraged. We should not be disgruntled. We should not be disingenuous people that, that put on a show, a front of here's who... I'm all smiles about when in fact we're tore up inside continually. We shouldn't be phony and pretentious people that are putting on a front because our world is rocked in the situations that we're in right now or the circumstances. God is alive. He is still on the throne. He's going to pick the leader of our country, by the way, folks. And if it's not who you want it to be or who you think it should be, God's still in control. Just that simple. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah said it. John substantiated it. And it, 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 so that your joy can be full in the Lord. And what happens around you doesn't just make you fret and be fearful all the time. We are to be happy. We are to be contented and trusting that God is still in control. Happiness. 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2, tells us we are to be holy. That's words you don't hear very often come out of a preacher's mouth or from the church. Holy. My little children, here's those words, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. We get comfortable in sin. And we're, you, let, me, let me tear all you self-righteous, holier-than-thou bunch down, just put you in your place, you're going to sin. I don't care who you are. But that doesn't mean you're supposed to enjoy it and continue in it. Repentance means to change direction. True repentance means you change direction. You're not happy in your sin. And if anyone sins... Listen to what he said. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. You know what the problem with most, with most Christians is? They haven't, they haven't prayed a prayer of confession. God, I'm sorry. I sin. That's one thing the Catholics got better than, on than what we do. <laughs> confession. We, we think it's all right to sin. Just go on about our merry way. and Oh, okay, God. There's an aspect. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So confession is an aspect. And, if, and He is, Himself, is the perpetuation. So that? That's payment for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. If you're sitting here this morning and you're... Your sin has never been forgiven. That payment, has no, you've never accepted that check, so to speak. Then it's for you that he died, everyone, the entire world. Man, that, that's shouting ground right there. You all look like you've been talking on persimmons this morning. I'm surprised. Where's Mark when I need him? Take that, devil. The perpetuation, the payment for our sins, and not ours only, but the sins of the entire world. These things write I unto you that you sin not. But if you sin, Jesus has got this, is what he's pretty much saying. Be holy. 
First, Christ, the Holy Spirit, is going to produce happiness in you. Second, the Holy Spirit is going to produce holiness in you. And as we Christians have have got to come to grips with the fact that even though the moral issues around us are eroding, it is still possible to live a holy life. To maintain a testimony. Man, you ought ought to go, you can almost see fire in Jack. Treber's eyes, he's got a nine minute video that talks about what happened to him, you ought to go find it and and listen to it and yet he maintains his testimony and he's crying at the end of it because of what he's going through 40 years in the same church he maintains a testimony through the persecution. We don't have or we shouldn't be ranting and raving and cussing and pitching a fit. Nor should we let folks run over us either though. We don't have to compromise. We don't have to allow ourselves, the church, to be controlled. But we don't have to act like the world when we're taking our stand either. If you're sitting here this morning, I just, if I'm thinking and I'm going to say it, that's just who I am, and you're not registered to vote this fall, you need to be because that's one way you're going to be able to voice and take a stand. And, I, and, and, and you say, well, who should we vote for? Jesus. Just go down through what each side believes. Pick out the person that believes what Jesus believes. And you'll do just fine when you vote. And you just ask, what about this issue? Where do they stand? Uh, What would Jesus say? Just go down through and check that and you'll, you'll do just fine. It's still possible to live a holy life. We don't have to let the world influence and act like the world when we're taking our stand. Be holy. God's word is still true. And, and truth, by the way, truth is the guard to grace, people. You can't have grace without truth. Because truth is the guard to grace. Third thing is 1 John 2, 26 and 27. He says, these things... He's telling us again why he wrote. Over and over and over, John says, These things have I written unto you concerning those who try to deceive you. There's a lot of trying to deceive you out there right now. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Man, I preached a whole message for months, one on a Sunday evening series from this one verse right here, two verses of Scripture. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. And and you do not need that anyone teach you. Now there's a lot in that. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. 
you've got to be helped. You can't live this Christian life all on your own. Because this anointing, what is that? When you pray and ask Christ to forgive you of your sins and come into your heart and save your soul, there's someone, an anointing that come and abides in you. The Holy Spirit of God lives in you. And when you used to go off and cuss a blue streak, you didn't feel a thing bad about it. But now that anointing that lives in you says, I've got a new language for you. You, you need to be talking about Christ instead of the devil's life. Or when you used to go off and, and rant and rave at your neighbor because he's dog crapped in your yard, now there's an anointing that's in you that says, love your neighbor as yourself. And that still small voice whispers in your ear. I can see some of you got dogs crapping in your yard. You're poking <laughs> your neighbor. The things that you used to not be troubled by, your conscience didn't speak to you about, the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of you speaks to you. I didn't say that. He said it. But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you and you do not need anyone else to teach you. That's what it says. He teaches you. He, the Holy Spirit, speaks to you about whatever your sin is. And that's where the guilt, the shame, the chastisement, you feel this, I need to confess that. And then that guilt, that shame rises away because you've been forgiven. And your repentance means you change and turn away from it and don't go back to it. You say, but that sin which is so easily besetting, you know what that is, don't you, Josh? You turn back and you go again. And every time he speaks to you, and you turn away. And He speaks to you. And you turn away. That strength that you're gaining by the Holy Spirit. And you abiding in Him. And Him abiding in you. And it's a truth and not a lie. And He just taught you to abide in Him. That's what the verse says. He's saying there's folks all around you. Noise. They're diluting the word, trying to get you off track, diluting the message. I told this crowd Wednesday evening, you ought to come on Wednesday evening, great series we've started in the book of Titus. Told the crowd Wednesday evening, I sat with my own two ears and read. I sat with my own two ears and listened. It was actually a video of a pastor running for a Senate seat in the U.S. Senate, saying that abortion was okay. Tony Dungy come right on after me. I don't know if you know who Tony Dungy is. He said, brother, you just need to go read Psalms 139 where you were magnificently made in your mother's womb. That's a life you're taking. And, and in, in that process, 
When someone's telling something that is not true, this abiding Holy Spirit that's in you speaks to you about what this Bible says about your sin. There's a help. There's a help for us. We are to be happy. We are to be holy. But there's also a helper. And if you read the book of John, it says he'll bring back... That's why it's important for you to read your Bible because it says he'll bring back to remembrance that which you read. You want to know the two surefire ways you can know you're saved? Two surefire ways. Chastisement. Chastisement. Conviction. Because he does not chastise what's not his own. The Bible says you're bastards and not sons. So when the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, you're going to have chastisement and conviction about your sin. The other one is a changed life. Because you're abiding in the Holy Spirit. And he's chastising you. He's convicting you. He's helping you to get through those sins which so easily beset us. That's why I'm all about a faith-based recovery for addiction. Because the Holy Spirit of God is your other helper. And if you have him, if you're saved, he's inside and he helps you. You have a helper. Now you can make it without him. There's people that go through non-faith-based and have, they have results. But it's so much easier when the Holy Spirit says, don't do that. Come on, there's another way. That, don't do that. There's another way. Don't act that way. There's another way. And that's the Holy Spirit that comes to help you. We do not have to act the way that... And, 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 <laughs> uh, 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 David said, the Lord is my strength, my refuge, my rock, my help in times of trouble. When you're about to fall, when you're about to relapse, when you're about to cuss a blue streak, when you're about to do something that you know you shouldn't do and you're going to be ashamed of it. The Lord is my help. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my, the Word is my guide. And I'll bring it back to remembrance to you if you'll listen according to John 14. It's our instruction. It's our teaching. And he says right there, you don't need anyone else to run around behind you and say, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. I'll teach you. Because I'm living inside of you now. It's not a lie, it's a truth. And he taught you to abide in him. Last, we have to be hopeful. We are most definitely to be happy. We are to be holy. We are to be helped during this time. But we're also to be hopeful. 1 John 5.13, here's those words again. These things I have written unto you. And now he's specific. To you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may hope so. (coughs) I can't even say it without coughing. That you can know, not hope. All these people, I hope I get to heaven someday. You don't have to hope, you can know it. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. You can know it. 
that you may know that you have eternal life. Hope is an earnest expectation, Brother Dave used to It's not. <laughs> well, I hope I win the lottery. Yeah, I hope I do too. But that doesn't mean it's ever going to happen. That's a big hope. But there's a difference between that kind of hope and my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Big difference. Because that is an earnest expectation that we have. And he says here, These things have I written unto you that believe. If you ask Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of your sin, you can be just like the thief on the cross. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. For a fact, you can know it. It is written to proclaim hope. Folks, in, in you are... There, there's so many people that are not secure in your salvation, and it's a reason that you struggle spiritually. It's a reason that you, you have all this anxiety and trouble is because you don't have much hope. First place I take new Christians is to that verse. These things have I written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life if you believe. Why? So they have assurance of their salvation. That they can, I, I can look them right in the eye and say, do you know if you died today you'd go to heaven? And they'll say, well, I think so. No, what did it say? You can know it. You can know it. Well, I hope I get, no, you can know it. You can know it. Everybody in this room ought to know if you've trusted Christ. Know beyond a shadow of a doubt and have that assurance, that comfort, that joy is full because you know heaven's your eternal home. That's why I say, can't threaten me with COVID. Bless God, I know where I'm going. I don't want to be on the next road, next boat out, but it's all right if I am. Linda will have to pay all the bills that I've made. I know, know beyond a shadow of a doubt. You say, preacher, I hear you, but I don't understand. I'm going to illustrate it to you real quick and then I'll close. What do they give you when you buy a house so that you can prove that you've purchased it? A what? A deed, a piece of paper. A deed. Somebody comes and says, you're in my house. Nope, sorry, sucker, I got a deed. It's mine. What do they give you whenever you purchase a car? Title. Give you a title. Some of them you got a yellow one instead of a, yeah, yeah it's because the bank owns it, not you, and you just want to feel good about owning it until you pay it off. They give you a title. Somebody says, you're driving my car, that's stolen. Nope, sorry, I got a title. John said, these things that I write unto you that believe so that you may know that you have eternal life. What do they give you whenever you trust Christ as your Savior so that you can know that you have eternal life? These things I write unto you. Right here it is. 
That's your deed. That's your title. That's the Bible. It stood the test of time. It's a verbal inspired, not Bible, but Word of God. We'd be well to put Bible aside and say that's the Holy Word of God and it's for us so that we can know that we have eternal life. Folks come and say, well, you can't get saved that way. Paul said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I got my Bible. It's my title. It's not that easy. Well, when the Philippian jailer went to get saved, he said, what did, what did Paul tell him? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Well, you've got to do this, 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 and this, 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 this. He didn't tell him that. He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt. Well, I've got to go to church. I've got to do this. I, no, those are all good things you do after you're saved, not to get saved. These things have I written unto you that believe. It's believe that you may know. It doesn't say believe plus a thousand other things. It just says believe. And that's the simplicity and the truth of the gospel. And if you'd get a hold of that and know, you'll find yourself a whole lot stronger in your Christian walk. Stood the test of time. These whimsical college professors and a bunch of Casper milk toast panty waist preachers that go around telling people otherwise. I get so sick of the contradictions and the, the, the garbage that they put out there because the truth of the matter is they're simply wrong and the Bible's true. So Nehemiah, the joy of the Lord is my strength. John, I truly do understand what you meant whenever you said my joy might be full. My happiness is in Christ and my security is in Christ. And nothing happening in the good old U.S. of A. or Chesapeake, Ohio is going to change that. I'm secure in you. Man, I remember as a kid, My grandma, I don't know if anybody else in here remembers this or not. There was a radio station. She had an old Victrola. It was a big old thing that was rounded, looked like an arched doorway and had a speaker in the middle of it. And she'd play with this knob and she'd turn in a radio broadcast called The Voice of the Appalachians. Anybody ever heard it? My goodness, I'm old. Dr. B.R. Lakin was a Wayne County boy. When he passed away, Lewis Arnold took it over. It's called the Voice of the Appalachians. They called it Appalachia. We called it Appalachia. So it doesn't matter. It's all the same. Hillbillies from West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky is what it was. Listening to it. But I remember on that radio broadcast... They'd play that song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. If your hope's in something going to change in this country in the next two or three months, or your hope is in that mask, or your hope 
is in your hand sanitizer that I'm going to use ten times before I get out of this building. You better rethink it this morning. Because it's only Christ that's going to make your joy full. And you're going to fret about all this other stuff and listen to the noise and it's overwhelm you if you're not careful. If you expect to maintain your strength and your faith and trust better be in Christ. Let's stand.